Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Around the Rings radio podcast from Aarhus, Denmark. We're at Sport Accord Convention 2017, and we're joined on this on this edition by a very special guest, Patrick Bauman, about to become president of Sport Accord, and we're going to talk with him about that. Patrick Bauman, of course, IOC member in Switzerland, Secretary General of FIBA, the International Basketball Federation. It's uh, many hats that he wears, and we're going to ask him to change hats a couple of times. Patrick Bauman, thanks very much for being with us today. Ed, you're welcome, and congratulations on your 25th anniversary of services to this community. It's, we're it's very happy to have you around. Thank you very much, and we look forward to another 25 years. Excellent. Good. Yeah, that's, that's how it has we, to be. We, we hope. We hope. Uh, first, we want to talk for a few minutes about Sport Accord and what's, what's about to happen with the organization. Mm -hmm. There's a name change. There's new ways of electing the president, uh, the governance is going to be, be changed if these Correct, yes. all, are all adopted at the uh, General Assembly this week. Uh, f first of all, can you talk about the general philosophy, what you were thinking about right. as you approached how to make Sport Accord a, a different and changed organization? The main objective of, uh, of, of the council that I, that I have the honor of to, to, to chair now since last year is to re, somehow regroup, consolidate and clarify the role of the organization. There's been um, at some point maybe a little bit too many things that have been done and, and, and probably in a way that uh, it, it got perceived as a as an organization that could create problems to other stakeholders in the world sport, in the world of sports, and it ended up, as we know, with a with a with a clash at the moment uh, uh, with uh, my previous, my predecessor, and I think that was mainly mainly due exactly that maybe there's been a miscommunication or a misunderstanding about uh, uh, what this organization should be or could be, and federations probably felt a little bit uncomfortable with that particular moment, and so. Eventually, we, 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 we're now trying to bring it back really to the basics of what it is. And as you may have noticed sometimes, I mean, for you it's now 25 years in this, and for this organization it's 50 years uh, in, in, in the business of uh, bringing the in international federations together. But it is almost 100 years that this idea has been out there. Um, create an organization in which uh, we're also creating uh, lasting bonds of friendship between the members uh, that we're that they're exchanging know-how between all of them uh, and somehow uh, they're helping uh, sport in society this has not changed so uh, it, it should still be the core of what this organization is about tomorrow so some somehow the changes that are being proposed are a little bit to go back into the movie business, a little bit back to the future. Uh, it, it's sort of, uh, the objectives are very simple. Let's try to stick to those and, and then let's move ahead. One back to the future element would be the name change. That's right. Uh, you're going to become the uh, Global Association of International Sports Federations, the same acronym, G-A-I-S-F. <laughs> That, that was before, yeah, Gaze. That is correct, and it is, uh, and that change is really about the, the, the fact this is, it is, 
because it's a name that is more for internal purposes for the members and most of the members are still very familiar with that name that was there for so many years and 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 they did better understand of what it is now this convention here is the sport accord convention and this will stay that way because this is a product this is this is this is a moment a forum where people come together it has a commercial element in it with the booths and with everything it's it's one uh, of the items which does to some extent also uh, bring some resources to uh, to Sporacor uh, in as it generates hosting fees or or opportunities uh, and 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 so that will stay but the association which is really an association of federations coming together as was planned and even if you look today at the at the brand you see the brand you see Sporacor but then there's the tag below which is Union of International Federations so we're focusing not on the upper name, we're focusing on attack with the new name. And, and what will GAVES do as it relates to the federations well, and helping them? Because right. that's one of the things that federations are one. You, you lost many federations in the uh, upheaval that came a, a well, couple of years ago. In an organization of a hundred, many is, uh, is, uh, can maybe be disputed. It, it, a few decided to suspend their membership, uh, one decided to get out, uh, so there's, all, there's some of them have had different ways of expressing their disagreement with the leadership of the past and with the Sporacor of the past. I can say today that uh, uh, all of them are on the track to coming back in, uh, two of them are already in, uh, the, the, the shooting and uh, um, and rowing. Uh, the IPC has confirmed that it will get back in uh, a little bit later this summer uh, when they have their executive. Um, so they gave us the green light to inform that they're basically back in. Uh, then we have the uh, what am I missing? I'm How missing. Uh, I'm missing golf. Is golf is going to do the same this summer? They've mm -hmm. also said we're. It's for us. We just have to go through the. The executive and and the and the the last one is athletics. Who is going through? Uh, I had very constructive discussions with Sepco here, um, and Sepco and the athletics have already made one step into basically this poor accord by having Sepco elected in the Azov Council, and then they, they're re going through their strategic uh, review of the of the governance of the athletics and of their positioning internationally. And he said that that's something that we will do during. Uh, the second half of this year. So I'm pretty confident and comfortable that uh, that the, the, the world of sport and the world of the international federations uh, will be together uh, in one way or another uh, fully uh, uh, as of the next year. And there will be a rotation right. between the different groups that make up this organization. Correct. So there's, there's going to be a rotation. Uh, you, you, well, I have the honor of being a uh, uh, I have the honor as being uh, the, the president now, so I'm coming from the Azoif group. Uh, the next one that is proposed would come from the Arifs, so if it were tomorrow, Raffaele Chiulli, uh, to make it simple. And the vice president would come from the winter, who would then take over two years later, and whose vice president would come from the IMS, who then would take over the uh, presidency two years later, and, and so on. Um, next year you'll be in Bangkok with with Sport Accord. Yes. Um, what are your expectations? What was the thinking to to bring the meeting to to Thailand? Well, I mean, the convention is obviously a, 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 
uh, one of the one of the core elements of the Sporacore family is the opportunity to come together, which is so welcomed and valued uh, by everyone, and that's something that the people are absolutely say, well, this is if if there's something that we absolutely never will have to want to give up in one way or another is the opportunity to come together, and so. But it is also business. So at the end of the day, the convention is also about finding the right partner, finding where your partners want to go, and and there's a bidding process. And Bangkok won the race. Uh, there's there's a number of cities that are uh, very interested in hosting Sporacor. This is a good uh, this is a good uh, sign. Uh, it's also a sign that probably we're somehow over the hill with the turmoil. Uh, it has been a little bit more difficult to organize the one in Lausanne, and then. We were fortunate enough that uh, Sport Event Denmark is a partner since 15 years of this organization that we could come here, uh, and now people are again knocking at the door. So I think this 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 turmoil period also in that sense has uh, slowly dis is slowly disappearing. So uh, and and at the end of the day, for us, it's equally important. I think that we move around the globe. How do you make Sport Accord an attractive property for cities to bid on? We have, for example just in inquired in Atlanta, mm -hmm. the sports sport, uh, uh, bureau there, about why they didn't bid for Sport Accord. And they said, they're very aggressive. We couldn't meet their terms. And this is a city that's hosted the Olympic Games to have that kind of reaction. Well, look, I, I don't think the, the, the values and the costs of these organizations are aggressive at all compared to other sports conferences that are being held across the globe. Um, the ability of having the world leaders of every single sport placed in one uh, place, of having uh, core business partners joining it, uh, the keynote speakers that you've seen here, of having um, at some point also the top leadership of the IOC coming to town and, and, and having a focus on sports and sport development and what sport does in society, whether this year is the innovation in action uh, and tomorrow can be corporate social responsibility, whatever it is, I don't think that we're talking about uh, huge values or huge numbers when you're looking at uh, when you're looking at uh, at an organization like this, which brings 1,800 accredited people, fills all the fills all the hotel in a radius of 15 kilometers here in ours. There's no single bed anymore available, and uh, you find everyone in the same restaurants or not in the same, but wherever restaurants you go, you find some people that are from Fargo. I think that um, I I I think there's there's good value for the cost of the organizations and uh, ask you to switch hats here please. and put on. Uh, one you'll be wearing when you travel to Los Angeles and Paris in a, in a few weeks and your your new role as chairman of the IOC Evaluation Commission for the 2024 uh, Olympic, bid, Olympic bid process. Uh, just two cities to visit, two really extraordinary cities in the world. Obviously, they uh, even stack up pretty well as far as their abilities to host an Olympic Games with infrastructure, accommodations, sports experience, how will you approach visiting these two cities to determine what information the IOC members need to make a, a decision about which, which city to vote for? Um, I think it's not just two cities, because that refers to the process, of course, I guess, that just that you use there. Yeah. I think it is, it, is, it is more about, wow, what kind of cities are really, uh, are really eager and, and, and racing right now and desperately wanting the games for, uh, 
for the 2024, uh, even in the wake of all the debates that, uh, that are going on behind the scenes or uh, in, in, uh, in the media as well about uh, uh, the reform of the candidature process and what the opportunities could be for that. But uh, um, I, I think the, the for the Olympic movement to have two cities like this that have that have the capabilities to host the games uh, on several occasions already did and can certainly host it uh, regularly with the facilities that they have i think is a, is, a, is a great privilege for the world of sport and they, and, they, and it is i think a uh, demonstration that the olympics do have a lot of value uh, and not just as a, as an event itself but a value as, a, as as what it brings a sport what the rings mean and what they mean for a city you know, for a city like los angeles with a lot of people coming from everywhere from many nationalities a city like paris uh, who has a, an incredible history in the Olympic uh, in the Olympic movement? Uh, one uh, and both of them having hosted so many events at the highest possible level. As an evaluation commission, I mean, we are faced with a with a with a pretty uh, with a, almost to some extent with an easy job because you know, we we will certainly be asking questions we'll certainly be looking at uh, at all uh, in details at at, the, at what the plans are we have a group of people that have a lot of expertise but at the end of the day uh, there's no doubt that those two cities can host the games is it your job to be critical or is it your job to confirm what these cities are saying it is not to be critical it is to confirm that that they understood both very well what they put in a bit files. There's always sometimes a tendency of trying to be maybe more optimistic than what to in, in commitments and things like this. So we just want to make sure that they don't over uh, they don't over promise things that might then be difficult because we don't want them to be in trouble and we don't want the sports movement to be then somehow and the Olympic movement to be somehow then being responsible for the cities that might be in trouble and that's really not the purpose. So it is about confirming the opportunities. It's about seeing if there are challenges here or there. There's always in every organization some challenges. And then there is the great mystery of how the IOC will handle these two cities after you've done your report and the technical briefing has taken place for the IOC members in July, the, the very notion that the IOC may consider a way to include both Paris and Los Angeles in the next couple of games. In my head as Evaluation Commission, I have two cities where the files are fantastic. Uh, you, cannot, you cannot wish for better, uh, for, for better bits for the, for the Olympic movement. So, um, for me, it's not exactly an uncertainty. It's more the certainty that we will have great games in 24 for sure. And if the operation uh, have ideas on how to deal with 2028, uh, they will put it in front of the of the IOC members. And whatever then the decision is, we would know that we would have excellent games in any case, also in 2028, with whoever that would be. What does the IOC have to do to make it more attractive for more cities to bid for? For, for cities to be able to become candidates and survive as candidates <laughs> and not get... Well, I think as the, as the president said at the opening uh, evening uh, here in Aarhus, I think uh, the world is changing. The, the, the citizens have, uh, have, a, have an expectations to be asked uh, about uh, uh, such a big project for their country and for their cities. 
And so, of course, it is extremely important that uh, that uh, uh, we as sports, whether it's for the Olympic Games or even for, for big events from the different federations, that we, we respond to the needs uh, of, uh, of a city and of a country when we come with events. And the so same is for the Olympic Games. And I think this process that is in place now is already totally different from before. Where we, we, the evaluation commission now comes at the end. It's already phase three. Going through phase one, going through phase two, there's already been so much interaction between cities and the IOC, between the cities and experts, trying to exactly align the needs of the cities with the fact that there could be a games and there could be uh, seven years of preparation for the games, plus a great legacy plus, and, and, and all the aspects that go so that these will be sustainable games, sustainable from a financial perspective, sustainable from an environmental perspective, sustainable for all the all what matters to a city uh, that I think that right now already both cities have 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 exactly that and 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 this has changed already a lot now we probably still need to uh, do more I think the president has said there still needs to be things that can be changed there still needs to be things that uh, can be changed like making it more cost efficient the procedure to bid and the candidature process to make sure that somehow uh, still the size and the volume of the games maybe will have to be tackled down the road again and and, and so forth so I'm, I'm sure they have their ideas and they will come up with that but I think already now we've seen a clear shift from Rather than having a bid, people coming, 10 countries coming, it's really a partnership that is being installed between the IOC and the cities. What has to be done, to, assuming the feasibility study is, 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 is okay, that the Swiss authorities continue to approve what's happening with the Winter Olympic bid from 20, for 2026 for Switzerland? What has to happen to keep the Swiss in the it's, race? Uh, certainly, it's it's very easy to attack the Olympics. It's it's, it's quite trendy these days. So I think that uh, the the right now, the I'm sure the Olympic Committee and the Sion are are are, are figuring out how they're going to actually talk to the citizens to make them understand that it's for the good of our own economy. It's for the good of our winter sports tourism that people come back to our mountains rather than going to the neighboring uh, mountains. That maybe we work a little bit on the pricing of our ski uh, forfeits because to go up a day and uh, that is not so cheap. And uh, that our kids uh, that have to go for skiing schools, well, maybe it should be for free as it is in France to some extent at some certain ages and when they are in clubs. So the, there's probably, a, and that's just one example, there's, there's, there's many more. And I think that uh, we, 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 we are a country that is hospitable and I think we, we should be out there uh, out there showing to the world that we can receive the world and we can have fantastic games with great facilities. Patrick Bauman, President of Sport Accord, thanks very much for joining us today on this edition of Around the Rings Radio. Yeah, thank you, Ed. My pleasure is mine. <laughs>